Welcome to the KML Messcast. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, it's not that much to ask. It's so goddamn rude. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? Playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. Hello? You play to win the game. And now, your 2016 champion, soon to be two-time champion, and host, Maine. Hola, amigos and amigas. Thank you for tuning in to the KML Mess Cast. I am your host, Maine. Talking to you the day before our scheduled draft. Now, as I may have mentioned previously, this is the 10-year anniversary of the KML Memorial Fantasy Football League. I guess it's kind of redundant because KML stands for. So it's the KBO Memorial Fantasy Football League, KML for short. And uh, 10 of the 12 owners are heading down to Florida, leaving tomorrow in the morning. And then they will be drafting on location in Fort Lauderdale. Well, two owners will be left back in Indy. Uh, one sad about it, one probably thrilled about it, but uh, we're not going to name names when it comes to that type of stuff. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? I know you guys are heading down tomorrow morning, but I wanted to leave you with one last podcast. Maybe something for the plane if you guys don't get to sit together. You know, some of you guys are like an A2 for Southwest and other people are like in C50. So quite a spread there. Might not be able to get seats next to each other. Uh, so I figured at least this way, maybe to do something, kill some time on the plane on the way down to sunny. Fort Lauderdale. Have not checked the weather. I'll give you a weather report a little bit later here. What do we want to talk about today? Uh, let's talk about a couple. First thing we're going to talk about is this Modelo. Hola, amigos. Cinco de Mayo. Arriba, arriba. Ay, ay, ay. Burrito taco. God, the Modelo's good. Anyway. Draft prep. Let's talk about that first. So draft prep. Everybody hopefully has their draft prep done. If not, you're finishing tonight because we're less than 23 hours away from draft. I think I got my my prep done. I kind of do the same thing every year. It's kind of worked in the past, I guess. feel like I'm competitive, so I don't think there's any reason to, to change up what I've been doing. Um, took a little bit different approach this year when it came to it. Same structure. Ran some different models. My model keeps telling me to go zero RB for our league, but I don't think I have the balls to do it. So it's probably not going to happen, but I do have kind of a rough idea in mind. But this is the other thing, too, with the auction. You know, I mean, you always always hear and read articles about, you know, draft strategy and stuff, but it's all snake draft strategy. I swear, the auction draft, you can't have a strategy other than, like, some high-level guidelines. Some high-level guidelines about... Keep an eye on certain players that you think might be a little a little cheaper. Have an idea about maybe budgeting by per position where you want to spend your money at. And then other than that, just letting the draft come to you, seeing who's going where and, and uh, kind of waiting for, for those values to fall to you or the guys that you want going up and get them. You really got to call your shots is what it comes down to in an auction draft. So, uh, so yeah, draft prep is just about all done. What I want to talk about today is some sleepers, values, and busts. Now, I kind of, I think it's good to, because we've, we, we covered in a previous episode, we covered kind of the rankings of the top 10, top 20 running backs, wide receivers, all that. So we kind of got that. Everybody's got the same list there. But I think really what it comes down to is leagues are won and lost by the sleeper picks. Most, I mean, you look at last year, Jamar Chase for four bucks, Debo Samuel, eight bucks. You know, time and time again, in multiple people in the top five, top ten at their positions are guys that were taken late. 
So it's important to kind of know some of these names. And I wanted to go through uh, this ESPN article that I kind of pulled up, just kind of see what they're saying. Are our sleepers, busts, and values? What are they doing here? No, they're just doing they're just doing sleepers and busts here. So here we go. Let's just scan down through this real quick. Then we'll get to some voicemails, and then we'll get on your way. Oh, also a little housekeeping. I just want to let you guys know I'm going to probably do a podcast tomorrow. Uh, I'll get a little bit of time with Jared before draft, maybe pop in a couple times during draft breaks, talk about how it's going and everything. I'm also, I may have, there's a rumor, I may have a man on the ground live in Fort Lauderdale taking sound bites during the trip so I can compile them and play them in the next podcast come Wednesday, which will be the draft recap. That'll be a big one. Looking forward to it already. Okay, let's get right into uh, right into the sleepers and busts. Weekly recap. I don't have all the drops, and I don't want to hear any bullshit about. I don't have the drops yet. Okay, we're still rounding into mid-season form, so you can keep your comments to your goddamn self. First up, quarterbacks. Again, this is coming from ESPN Fantasy Football. Uh, they got like one, two, three, four, they got like 10, 11 people here. Here's some names of some quarterback sleepers that they have listed. Kirk Cousins, kind of love that pick. Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Justin Fields, that's a horrible pick, uh, and Matt Ryan are the guys on this list. Now, talk about him individually. I really like Kirk Cousins this year. I think he can be sneaky, like QB, like seven, six. Especially if they, the Vikings throw as much as they say they're going to. Uh, you know, the guy, I think the new head coach came over from the, the Sean McVay tree. So, the, you know, pass-happy offense coming out of the Rams. And if they start turning him loose with his weapons between Thielen and Jefferson, Kirk Cousins can, you know, dump it off to Cook. And, I mean, just talent all over the fucking field. So, I like the Kirk Cousins pick. I'm on board with that. That's a good late-round QB if you're down to the $1 area and you're, like, one of the last guys to take one. You should be able to get him for a buck. Trevor Lawrence. This one's interesting. Now, it really comes down to, do you believe the impact that Urban Meyer had on his, on him? Was that really, because like you know, if you remember, when he came out, he's supposed to be the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. He's supposed to be unbelievable, physical tools we've never seen before. Joel's drooling, his pre-coming all over the inside of his pants, like he couldn't believe he's so excited for a guy. And this is a guy on his rival team in the division. So if Joel is that horned up for another man that's on, should be his mortal enemy, you know, you know he's got to be good. So the question is, do you believe that... The new regime, Doug Peterson, can turn this around over the the abortion that Urban Meyer left behind. I'm not sure if I'm sold. I kind of need to see a little bit. But again, it's worth a flyer. And the nice thing about Trevor Lawrence is if he doesn't pan out, you could just, you know, immediately dump him against some other QB. It's really pretty low risk, high reward. Because if he pans out, he could kind of have like a, I mean, what's the ceiling? Kind of like a Joe Burrow season from last year where I think Joe ended up like five and had like a great end of season. I mean, Trevor Lawrence should get better and better throughout the year too. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Trey Lance, I don't know what the fuck to do with. I really don't. San Francisco has been in their offense for so many years that's been so run heavy simply because, you know, is it the question for me comes down to was their game plan design due to uh, quarterback constraints? Like they didn't have a good quarterback, so they intentionally tried to go more run heavy, you know, play to your quarterback strengths, or. Was it the way they wanted to play, and the quarterback just kind of fit into the scheme? And now you have Trey Lance, who's got a bigger arm, can throw the ball outside, can throw it over the middle. You know, you got kind of this air attack now. Does Shanahan actually amend his playbook to kind of get more pass happy, or does he keep it run happy, run heavy? Now, I think the thing here is kind of similar to the whole Justin, uh, not Justin, uh, Jalen Hurts thing, where the rushing is the baseline for the QB. 
And so no matter what, he's going to be getting those baseline points week after week. So really the passing is almost like a cherry on top. And the rushing is the cake. It's the meat, if you will. But still, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things you've you never seen it before. So what are you going to do? Derek Carr, let's not get carried away. Justin Fields, that's a terrible pick. And Matt Ryan, I'm sorry. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Matt Ryan. So I really don't. Yeah, that's like a deep, deep sleeper. That's a homer pick too. So not not big on that. Uh, let's see what some of the busts are. We got Aaron Rodgers as a bust. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady are the listed busts here. Now, Aaron Rodgers. Is he back-to-back MVP? He might be. I think he's back-to-back MVP. What's he going to do? Devontae had, I forget, I'm not going to get, I don't have numbers in front of me, but Devontae had all those fucking targets. Now he's totally gone. They didn't really replace him with anybody except rookies, and Aaron Rodgers historically does not throw the ball to rookies. So what's he going to do? I agree he could be a bust, but it's Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, he's not going to be, like, awful. I mean, we're, we're the lowest he could possibly finish the season is, like, QB 14, maybe. So, I don't know if I call him a bust. It really kind of depends where you draft him at. But I'm, I i don't agree with that. I think Aaron Rodgers would be a safe pick. I'd probably, if it came down between Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, who are you picking? I don't know either. I'd have to think about it. Uh, Kyler Murray, I can get this a little bit more. I don't know what to do with Kyler either. Again, you have kind of that rushing baseline, but if you look at his projections or his historical play over the first two seasons, he always gets progressively worse, starts fast, gets worse after Call of Duty gets released. So uh, can you trust him? And it doesn't seem like he even really wants to play football that much. I don't know. I still think, I mean, he's it's pretty bit, you know, he's not gonna ever going to bust. It probably lowest he could possibly be would be like QB 10, but still, you know, with his... It's more of a bust for you. Draft would be like the second best QB, and then he ends up being the 10th best. You're not happy. So I can kind of see that. And then Joe Burrow. I don't understand why Joe Burrow's on this list. Like, tell me one thing that got worse for Joe Burrow over the offseason. Like, he's one year further along in not only just development as an NFL player and getting used to the game, which he was tremendous in the last half of the year, but also his knees one year more year removed from his you know traumatic injury. So that's going to be better. They gave him a better offensive line, and he's got every single same wide receiver and the same running back that he had before and the same coach and same everything. So, like, literally nothing got worse for Joe Burrow. So I don't understand why he could possibly be a bust. I actually like him more as a breakout guy. I think he could have kind of a similar season as, like, Justin Herbert had last year. Not necessarily talking, like, finishing top two, but I think he could definitely finish top five. I mean, I just don't, like, I don't understand. Like, you just look at him. Like, nothing got worse for him. Nothing. There's not a single thing that's worse for him this year than last year. I'm legit trying to think of one. I can't think of it. Anyway, I really like Joe Burrow. A little star next to him on my cheat seat. Last guy, Tom Brady. I mean, not much to talk about here. Offensive line's banged up for Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, he's 45 fucking years old. So, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That's pretty much all you get from Tom Brady. Running backs. All right, running back sleepers. Who's who they have? Elijah Mitchell, Tyron Davis Price, both for San Francisco, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, AJ Dillon, Ken Walker III, Khalil Herbert, Damian Pierce. Oh, God. All right, the first two guys are 49ers, guys. I, I can't trust any 49ers running back, and I don't think you can either. Take your shot. I will say, take your shot on somebody and see what happens, I guess, just so you have like a little piece of the pie, because no matter who's back there, they're always productive. It's just a matter of who's it going to be. Who's not going to be hurt? You don't have any idea, so at least grab one guy, see what happens. Miles Sanders, I'm totally out on him. He looks awful. I don't see him being a sleeper at all. Travis Etienne, I could kind of see. 
Again, this is going to be one of those interesting things like college quarterback with his teammate. Like, do they have a rapport going? Camp reports seem like they're pretty good. So I kind of like Travis Etienne. That could be kind of a late round flyer. That might be kind of fun. A.J. Dillon with the Packers. Now, here's something interesting. It's curious to see if the Packers start playing Jones and Dillon, not as a 50-50 split, but actually like at the same time. Because, I mean, it's not like Dillon's going to get buried. they got to get him on the field. And I just don't know what that split's going to look like. I don't think it, I don't <sighs> Sleeper, though? I mean, between Jones and Dillon, it's like the same thing. Like, if Jones goes down with an injury, Dillon automatically becomes like a top five running back. And so I can see that p- potential from a sleeper, but you can't plan for injury. So I don't know, but he could still have a good season even so. I mean, what if he gets all the goal line work for that offense? Could see it. All right, I like AJ Dillon. Let's put a little mark next to him. Ken Walker the third for the Seahawks. The Seahawks look absolutely awful. I don't want anything to do with them. Not even looking at anybody on the Seahawks. Maybe Penny, he'd be the only one, but even then, I'm trying to stay away from it. Khalil Herbert, I really like. Now, the only problem is he did a little bit last year, and he plays for the Bears. By all accounts, the Bears are going to be the worst team in the league this year, or damn near close. So I don't even know how many points there are for him to score. And if he can't get any blocking, any running lanes, you know, any blocking up front, then how good can he possibly be? Now, the last guy, Damian Pierce, I love. Damian Pierce is going to be a hot name at draft. I know everybody's going to be on him. Houston Texans starting running back. Looks like he's got the juice. Looks like he's shifty. Could be a three down back for the Houston Texans. I know it's not a great offense, but I think it could be a little better than what you think. Davis Mills and, and everybody back there. So I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm a little higher on the Texans than most people. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. So calm down. But I think they can move the ball a little bit. And they got Cook still. Now they got Damian Pierce. Could be kind of interesting there. So keep a little eye on the Texans. Running back busts, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Corderell Patterson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Josh Jacobs. Okay. James Conner. Here's my problem with James Conner. Number one, he's old. Number two, he should have a touchdown regression from what he did last year. He was great last year for the for the Cardinals. So it looks like he should be a little worse, especially that Cardinals team has kind of a weird vibe. So I don't like the juju coming out of the Cardinals team. So I'm kind of down on James Conner. But the other part of this is there's nobody behind him. Like he has no competition for his touches. And it looks like they're going to use him exactly like they did last year. So it's like, what, you know, why, why, what, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him in a bust necessarily. Maybe just he's kind of like a high floor, low ceiling type guy to me more than a bust. Uh, Nick Chubb totally can see it. I don't know. This Browns team, man, with all the Deshaun stuff, I mean, do you really want anybody on that on that squad? I mean, I know everybody's got a price, but do you really want anybody on that Cleveland squad? Nick Chubb's fun, but he doesn't catch the ball at all. And he's got, a, you know, he's got uh, Kareem Hunt. He's back there. He's going to be stealing all the passing down work. So, I don't know. I feel like Nick Chubb's one of those, like, you're either a Nick Chubb guy or you're not a Nick Chubb guy, and there's not much in between. Me, myself, I'm not a Nick Chubb guy. Corderell Patterson with the Falcons. Again, terrible offense. Uh, just don't know what it's going to look like with the new QB and everything. So I'm kind of staying away from him. I could see him being a bust. I'd be really curious to see where he goes in our draft. CEH with the Chiefs. <sighs> Another guy I don't know what to do with. I mean, was this year three now? He's supposed to be amazing year one. Fizzled. Supposed to be great year two. Fizzled. 
And now apparently he's got like, you know, these rookies, they're going to be split in time with them and they lost Tyreek Hill. So it means that maybe the line gets, you know, the box gets stacked a little bit more. Kind of can see that CEH could be a bust. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, still, then on the other hand, it's the Chiefs. Like, can you talk yourself into it? It's really what it comes down to there. Lastly, Josh Jacobs, Las Vegas Raiders can totally see this. I'm really curious to see what the Raiders do with this Josh McDaniels offense. I haven't heard anything out of camp from them. I haven't heard if they look good or they look bad or how the offense looks or how Carr and Adams are together. The only thing I've seen is Hunter Renfro getting an Uber for uh, Williams and and, uh, Carr and stuff. And it was like this shitty little Uber. (laughs) And they were pissed off that he got like a 10 buck Uber for them. So, yeah, so out of these guys, I think Corderell's my biggest bust. I can see Connor busting. Uh, Nick Chubb, I can see busting. See, I mean, yeah, I can see all these guys busting. Definitely some risk there, especially when we don't know what this is new new world's going to look like for them. Wide receivers. Drink a little bit more beer. Give me a second. Wide receiver sleepers. Here we go. Chris Olave for the Saints. Love him. The Saints... I kind of like Jameis. I kind of like Jameis. I think he can get it done. I know it's a new coach and everything. But I think Jameis can get comfortable. I think he might be able to do some stuff there. So I like Chris Olave as... Hold on, let me check my cheat. I got my cheat sheet up right up over here on the other window. Do I have him highlighted? I know. You know I got him highlighted. You know I got him highlighted. Okay, just had to double check. So I like Olave. It's a sleeper. I really do. Especially if Michael Thomas goes down and doesn't really get healthy. I know they say he looks good, but even so, I think they're kind of different players. It doesn't Olave stretch the field more than Thomas and isn't Thomas more possession underneath type guy. So I think they can coexist and I think they don't have anybody else. So really like Chris Olave. That could be a nice pick and get on that uh, rookie wide receiver kind of bubble. Russell Gage for the Bucks, not buying it, especially with Julio there. So I'm totally out on him. Drake Lam- London for the Falcons. Sure. I guess he's going to be the number two behind Pitts. Couldn't, I, I don't know how I feel about the Falcons, so no comment on that. Uh, Rondell Moore for the Cardinals. Really like this pick. Do I, hold on. Check the cheat sheet. Rondell Moore, where are you? There he is. Make sure I highlight him. The uh, thing I like about Rondell Moore is the, uh, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension for the first six games. He could come out hot. And kind of little guy to little guy could be kind of a fun connection between Moore and uh, Kyler Murray. Really like that. I think we might be able to get to see what Moore can do this year, especially get him into space in the open field. So I really like that. Jerry Judy for the Broncos. Here is very interesting. Everybody is on Cortland Sutton this year. Jerry Judy kind of left behind, and I feel like the pendulum has swung too far, and everybody's kind of forgotten about Jerry Judy was good. He still is good. I know he plays out of the slot, but you can be productive out of the slot, especially with Russell Wilson. So I kind of like this. I kind of like Jerry Judy. Gives you a piece, a pretty cheap piece, honestly, too, I think, of that Denver Broncos offense. Where do I have him going right now? Jerry Judy. I'm going for, like, less than 10 bucks. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But less than 10 bucks to get a piece of the Broncos offense. I kind of like Jerry Judy. Uh, Adam Thielen, you know, as old as time. Got a nose for the touchdown. Has a, has a has a connection with Kirk Cousins, and he's pretty cheap. So I think Scott had him last year and got a bunch of big weeks early out of him. So that could be totally it. Garrett Wilson from the New York Jets listed here as well for a sleeper. The rookie. Don't think I like it. Again, Jets have bad juju. I don't think I want any piece of them, so I'm just kind of staying away from all Jets this year. Marvin Jones Jr. and Christian Kirk for the Jaguars. I think it's kind of the same story here for both those guys. Uh, You know, nobody really knows what this offense is going to look like, but if Lawrence can step up to even three quarters, maybe even half of the 
uh, you know, player he was supposed to be when he was drafted, then I don't see how Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones don't be productive wide receivers in the league this year. Okay. On to the busts. Wide receiver busts. Amari Cooper. Totally agree. No Deshaun Watson for the first 11 games. Jacoby Brissett trying to pass the bar to Amari Cooper. Terrible stadium, outdoors, don't like anything about it. I'll be very curious to see if anybody takes a shot on Amari Cooper. Probably just the name alone, and it should be late. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Why is he on the bus list? I know he doesn't have Big Ben anymore, but still, like he's a good player. He's still the number one on that team. They're going to throw the ball all over the yard. Don't agree with that. Allen Robinson for the Rams. This is tough, too, because... Allen Robinson was pretty healthy last year and fucking sucked. Like, what was he, 400 yards total, and he played, like, almost every game. I know he had Justin Fields, but my God. Like, can you get that taste out of your mouth and now say, like, oh, it's going to be great with Stafford and Cup as he's like, fills in for the Robert Woods OBJ role? I don't know, man. I can kind of see it. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about it. Michael Thomas, same deal. Is he healthy? I think he's healthy, but we're not really sure. You know, but with Jameis there, and they haven't even played together really, maybe a couple games before he got re-hurt, and they've got a weird relationship with the organization. So bad juju around Michael Thomas as well. Somebody's definitely going to take a shot on him, though, so he's, he's going to be more expensive than I'm willing to spend. Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins. Interesting. I don't know about Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins, honestly. You know, because uh, I really like their coach, and so I'm really curious to see what this offense looks like, and I feel people are a little bit more down on the Dolphins than I am. Do I have... Hold on. Jesus, got some sticking on my cord. What the hell is this fucking... Got some grape jelly on my headphone cord over here. No, no, I put on the KML shirt. Oh, boy. That's going to stain. That's going to stain. Whatever. Um, oh, that's sticking on the shirt, too. Jesus Christ. Over here, fucking glue factory. Uh, yeah, I think I like the dolphins. I think people are just looking over him because of the Tua thing. But, I mean, Mike McDaniels, that's his name. I think that's the new coach's name. Coming over from San Francisco's, uh, you know, offense coordinator. San Francisco's good. And they've done, you know, really good offensive things with a shitty quarterback before. So why can't he do really good offensive things with a shitty quarterback in Tua? And now he's got better weapons than he had before, arguably. So I don't know. I, I don't agree with the Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to be actually good this year. Jalen Waddle, same deal with the Dolphins. Still, I think he's going to be good too. Debo Samuel listed it as a bust here. I don't agree with that. I think it's more just Debo might not have the same spectacular year he did last year. But I don't think he necessarily bust. And then the last one, DK Metcalf, Seattle Seahawks. 100% agree. Again, I don't know what to do with the fucking Seahawks. They're another team. But they're really, I, I, I think I mentioned it with the running backs. Just don't really want any part of. It looks awful. Preseason hasn't 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 left a good taste in my mouth. Let's put it that way. All right, tight end sleepers. Let's get this beer down. <coughs> tight end sleepers. What else? We got anything else for tight ends? Oh, some breakout players. Whatever. Uh, nobody gives a shit about tight ends, right? I'll just list them real quick. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. for the Vikings. Love that pick. Pat Fryermuth for the Steelers. Like that pick too. Uh, Cole Komet for the Bears, number two option on that offense. I, I actually like that pick too. Evan Ingram, oh boy, Evan Ingram for the Jaguars. That you know he's got all the measurables. It just never really worked in New York, so it's like a change of scenery going to change all that. I could totally, I could see it. 
I might be willing to take the shot. I could see it. Uh, Logan Thomas for the Commanders. You know, I mean, he's been good in the past, so I can see that too. Uh, Mo Alley Cox for the Colts. Is he the number one tight end for the Colts now, Mo Alley? I could kind of see this. Hold on a second. Because Matt Ryan likes using the tight Didn't Matt Ryan have Austin Hooper like four or five years ago? And Austin Hooper was like unbelievable tight end one. I think mine, I think mine had him that year. So Matt... Oh, my God. So Matt Ryan certainly likes his tight ends. So I can kind of see Mo Alley Cox. Okay, hold on a second. Let me back to the cheat sheet real quick, guys. Okay, make sure we get that. Okay. Oh, I can see the Mo Alley Cox. I like it. Uh, Noah Fan for the Seahawks. No, thank you. Robert Tanyan for the Packers. That's kind of an interesting one, too, isn't it? Robert Tanyan. Hold on a second. Okay, got him too. Uh, Robert Tanya for the Packers. You know, I haven't heard this once in any any article or any podcast that I listen to, but, um, you know, they got all those vacated targets, but not once have they said they might go back to the tight end. It's always, you know, they're going to go to the running backs. They're going to go They're going to go to the new wide receivers. But why wouldn't he go to Robert Tanya? I mean, he had like seven or eight touchdowns that one year. Okay. All right. That might be worth it. I got to look into that. I got to look into that. And tight end busts. Here we go. Darren Waller for the Raiders. I can totally see it. I don't know what to do with Waller. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that Raiders offense. We don't know what the Josh McDaniels thing's really going to look like. I can see that Darren Waller could be an issue. Now, that said, you got the Josh McDaniels coming over from New England, and he obviously supported many, a many, a many a good tight end in his days. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe you can do the same for Darren Waller. Just don't know what that looks like. Dawson Knox for Buffalo Bills are going to score a million and a half points, so why not get a guy... The only problem with Dawson, Dawson Knox is, what, is he like the fifth option on that offense? But still, he's been productive in the past, so he might be good. Hunter Henry for the Patriots. Uh, sure. Nobody gives a shit. Mike Gusecki for the Dolphins, 100%. I think I saw something the other day, like a tweet or a sleeper notification that like he's basically blocking now. He's not even like running passing routes anymore, so he's 100% off the board. Please don't draft Mike Gusecki, Scott. And then finally, Dallas Godair for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't agree with that. I think Godair is going to be good for the Eagles, so don't really want to talk about him. Okay, that wraps up uh, sleepers and busts. Anybody else we want to talk about? I think that's, yeah, no, that's a good list. It's a good list. Okay, so update your cheat sheets accordingly. And uh, I guess we might as well, what a time is it? It's like 20, yeah, we might do a shorter podcast today. Let's get into... Uh, Let's get into the old voicemail. How many? I got? I got three voicemails here. Okay, hold on. Let's get into the old. Uh, let's get in the voicemails. Hello, motherfucker. Call in guest. Okay, voicemail time, boys and girls. Looks like I got three in here. Um, again. The voicemail hotline number, if you want your voice to be heard, 317-KML-RATS. Don't know what the numbers are. Figure it out. Look at your keypad. Here we go. Uh, first voicemail. Oh, that's not the one I wanted. I wanted uh, this one. Hey, hey, Bubsy. This is uh, Rob Luck. I was just calling to walk you on a quick question. Um, uh, wanted to know what to do with the, uh, you know, the old lady here has been taking over the fantasy football team for the last three years, and I want to kick her out, but uh, she's just, uh, she's done too well. She's got all these wins, and she's actually 
actually better than I am. That's what I don't know what to do. Didn't know if he had any advice. Okay, thank you. We're mad, mad the Hornet over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for the voicemail, Rob Luck. Appreciate that. Uh, the question was uh, that if your wife has been controlling your fantasy football team uh, and you want to kick her out, but she's doing too well, is there a way that you can kick her out with not uh, rocking the boat too much? And what I would say here is I think the way you got to do this is you got to be a little subterfuge about it. You got to be subtle with a little subterfuge. Am I saying that right? Basically, what you need to do is you need to give her the appearance that she's still controlling your team, but then you actually don't let her. So basically, you like ask her for the normal permission, you know, not permission. You ask her for the normal, well, yeah, permission in your case uh, to for the guys you want to start and stuff. And then you start the guys you want to start and then you play dumb. And you just basically the old adage, like, don't ask permission, just apologize, apologize later. And then you slowly ease your ass out. You know, if anybody knows how to get rid of a wife, it's me. So if you slowly ease your ass out over time, to slowly ratchet things down. And then eventually she will lose interest, get fed up with you, but not fed up enough to get pissed. And then you can push her on out, kick her ass to the curb and say, ta-ta, sayonara, see you later. All right. Next voicemail. What do we got here? Uh, here we go. Let's check it. That was extremely loud. Sorry about that. That's better. Oh, uh, yes. Hi. This is uh, Vitaly, and I, uh, I uh, am, am uh, owner in the league, and I had a quick question for um, uh, the, the KML Mescast. Uh, can, can Michael Pittman, who uh, uh, commissioner nominated uh, first, uh, can he be the number one overall uh, player in fantasy this year with the wide receiver, wide receiver position. Um, and, uh, I also want to know why I'm not engaged yet. I can't figure that part out, but, uh, yeah, thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay. So thank you. That voicemail was from Vitaly. Uh, first question was if Michael Pittman can be number one overall at the wide receiver position today. And then also second follow-up question, why he's not engaged. Let's talk about Pittman first. Now, Pittman is as as our fearless uh, our fearless commissioner brought up. He we, we started a new tradition this year where we're actually going to nominate the first player 24 hours in advance of the draft just to get people talking, get them thinking about what they want to do here. Uh, I do want to see if I can play his nomination over the air here. Let's see if I can get this to work. Give me just a second here while I work on this. Uh, let's see here if I can go to here and then I scroll back down here a little bit. Oh, right here. I was not prepared to do this, but we'll do this, and then we'll click on this, and then we'll click on, oh, fucking one minute long. Could have been wrapped up in about 30 seconds, but here we go. Hey, boys. Um, commissioner, two-time champ, reigning champ, Mike Wingus here, uh, carrying on a new tradition of uh, nominating the first player, actually starting a new one of getting it out uh, a day early. I'm up here in Noblesville, Indiana, uh, at the Coles parking lot, Amazon return, just got the fresh haircut, uh, hairline's moving backwards a little bit, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Um, anyway, just a live update, um, and let you guys know, the first nomination tomorrow is going to be a hometown player, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., you on that um update your sheets and uh we'll see everybody bright and early tomorrow i uh, love you all bye 
Now, as the commissioner, I know you use it. You're at home. We don't have a video component in this just yet, but you at home, I can paint a picture. Basically, it's a close-up of our commissioner, Mike Wingus, sitting in his car, uh, taking a selfie, just got a fresh cut, looking dapper. Hairline was mentioned. Uh, the best way I can describe it is, you know, you see like the sexy time pictures of the girls where they're like laying down on the bed with the ass propped up and you're kind of like looking over their back, you know, at the butt in the air. That's kind of what the hairline looks like, you know, two cheeks with a crack in the middle. You know, so it is receding a little bit, but nothing to worry about. I mean, especially when you look at some of the other owners in this league. I will say a little pro tip that I think I've picked up on is you could go full baseball hat 24-7, probably even during sex. Uh, as I'm sure you'll see in Fort Lauderdale, there will probably be one owner that wears a baseball hat the entire time, probably even while he sleeps, and you will never see his actual scalp. So, anyway, back to Michael Pittman. I love him. I'm not going to lie. This is not bullshit. This is straight up. He's highlighted on my sheet. I do have a number I'm willing to go up to. Uh, right now, it's listed at 35 bucks. I don't know if I'll go over that, but he just, man, he just looks good. He looks good. You know, and you look at you look at the Colts, and it's like, first off, let's talk about offensive line. We don't need to talk about offensive line. We know what's going on there. Running game. They're going to, you know, defenses are going to have to respect Jonathan Taylor, especially after what he did last yeah, last year. He's the best running back in the NFL. I think we can all agree on that. So they have to respect the run game. And then third, now you have Matt Ryan, who throughout his career has supported at least one and sometimes two top 12 wide receivers between Julio and Ridley and even back when if you go far enough like to Roddy White and shit I mean he just always feeds the ball to the top wide receiver and Pittman apparently I know some of you actually have attended Colts camp so you can probably speak to this more than I can but every report I've seen on Colts camp and everything is how fucking awesome Pittman is I think they had like a co-practice with the Lions the other day before their preseason game and like Everything I heard and saw was like he was just torching all of their CBs. Like nobody could hang with him. So I don't see why he couldn't. I really don't. I really don't see. It. I mean, it looks like all all everything's trending up for Michael Pittman. You definitely want a guy that's on the rise, not somebody who's on the fall. And uh, again, you know, it's almost like similar to uh, who the hell was the other guy I talked about that I was like, what got roars for him? I forget. I closed the window. Whoever, remember I was talking about the guy who, uh, I was like, tell me what, oh, Jamar, oh, J uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, same thing with Joe Burrow. Like, tell me what got worse for Michael Pittman. Like, everything's gotten better. <laughs> like, there's nothing that got worse in the offseason for Michael Pittman. So, I don't know. I love Pittman. I can totally see how he can be a number one. Now, why is Vitaly not engaged? That's a deeper question. Personally, I don't know why either. I don't know if he's not up to date on, like, the culture. You know, usually, I'm sure in Ukraine, you usually just go find a woman and you, like, hit her on the head with a club and then grab her by her ankle and drag her back to your cave, you know, when you're uh, right before the rock and pumpkin harvest comes in. So I can kind of see, you know, that's the way that they used to do things. But, you know, nowadays, you got to go buy a ring. You got to plan something. You travel, you travel enough. Why don't you, why don't you take her on a trip once in a while? Get down on one knee and fucking pop the question. We all like her. You have the league's blessing. Stop fucking around, and uh, let's get that done. Anyway, what do I have here? What are they talking about? I got one more voicemail. Oh, I love it. Let's hear the last voicemail. You guys ready for it? Okay, here we go. Hey, buddy. This is Jared. Just calling to tell you I'm pretty excited about uh, about uh, Thursday. I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you in my basement. Made a little lost time and, and uh, had a quick question. Just wanted to know... Uh, you know, if there's any way that we could collude, 
and uh, you know do better than everybody else in the league by working together. Talk to me. Also, pour me, pour me another drink, cause I don't want to feel a thing no more. Hell no. Oh, it's the songbird has graced us with his presence. Jared, he basically was asking, is there any way that we can collude with the league come this Thursday? Now, I've actually thought about this long and hard. And I don't know how you could possibly, like, what would how would you collude in an auction draft? Beyond, like, trying to, I mean, it's, like, nothing you can do together can't be, be accomplished by yourself. Like, there's no, like, one plus one equals three here. Like, at first I was like, is there a way that you could, like, match bids? Like, hey... You know, let's really bid up like whoever, pick one. Uh, Lenny, Leonard Fournette, Kamara. Let's let's bid up Kamara. Make sure he goes for at least like seventy. But even that doesn't really work because that means you one of you might get stuck with him. So like, who? There's no really nothing you can do there. And then if you're like, oh, well, you get this guy for me, I get this guy for you. Like that doesn't really work either. I mean, the only way that works is it would be like super, super, super late draft. If like, you know, Jared had one dollar bids left and I had an extra buck, and like somebody came up, he's like, oh, I really want that guy. Like you know, bid on them for me, and then I'll, you know, pay $100 fab for that guy. Like, but that is that is that bad? I mean, that could happen live in draft. That could happen live in draft. Like, hey, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm working trade with you right now. And, like, who's it? It doesn't really advantage. There's no advantage there. It's not really collusion. And what else? Like, nominations. We've already talked about this, but I don't think there's any way to, like, you know, work, like, to collude nominations. I mean, even so, even even if the two of us work together, we're only two of 12 people. There's 10 other people in the league. So it's not like we can like control half the league and all of a sudden we're pulling out like all tight ends or all wide receivers or something crazy to just like try to put, you know, something on tilt because as only two people, there's only so much you can control. So long story short, Jared, appreciate the call, but I don't think there's any way really to collude. Uh, let's just try to keep it fair and have, have a good time and enjoy each other's company. Looking forward to that. Okay. What do we got going on here? I think I've really, really talked about everything I need to talk about, haven't I? Final thoughts. Final thoughts here as we head into draft tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Best day of the year. What are we, 22 hours away? 22 hours away. Right now it's 8.59 in the p.m. on 824 2022 I think it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a good year. Curious to see how this draft works out. I really am. Just It seems a little bit... I don't know, it, like wide receiver is so fucking deep. Running back is thin, like it always is. Feels kind of like last year, honestly, in a lot of ways. Like really, nothing, nothing like earth shattering. When I was looking at my last cheat sheet to this chat cheat sheet, everything seemed pretty, pretty similar, honestly. Like you know, wide receiver deep, running back is still going to get those three down guys. And really, not a whole lot of differences between the two. So it'll be curious to see how it goes. Again, very, very despondent that I will not be able to oh. make it down there. But I appreciate you guys. Having a good time down there for me, and to those of you that uh, refunded the money, I appreciate it. Not necessary at all, but again, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. God damn, I'm sad I'm missing it. I really am. But hey, the alternative of missing the birth would be absolutely awful, and I don't want to have to go live with Wingus a second time. I can't fuck this one up. You get, well, you get one redo. You don't get two redos. You know what I mean? Two redos, you get pretty pretty desperate. One redo, Turo Scott. I think we're allowed that, aren't you? What's wrong with that? One redo. Everybody needs a redo every now and again. Anyway, 
Thanks for tuning in. This has been the KML Messcast. As always, you can reach us at Gmail, KMLMesscast at gmail.com, or please call the hotline 317-KML-RATS, R-A-T-S, to make your voice heard on the KML Messcast. Thanks to the people that called in this week. Everybody travel safe. Let's not have a We Are Marshall situation. And I will see you tomorrow. Love each and every one of you. Have a wonderful night. Goodbye. Great cash, homie.